You're listening to The One Room with a View show. With Christopher Preston and Dan Orton. Hello and welcome to The One Room with a View show with me, Christopher Preston, and joining me as always is warrior, legend, podcast co-host, Mr. Dan Orton. Thank you very much. That's that's quite a spectacular introduction. Well, it's spectacular for the reason that this is what has become known by us as <laughs> the One Room with a View show extra. Yeah. But with an X. Yeah. As if we were James I mean, Gunn writing a live action started version. Started as a joke. Yeah. And it's kind of stuck mm. terribly. I'm hoping our editor will come along and say, no, stop, stop. I'll speak to the editor and maybe get the publicity wing to think maybe we, we could bring volume two um, or something like that. So, yeah, this is kind of, we've got so many great features and we cover loads of stuff in the podcast. Yeah. And we're only around every month. So we thought the best way around that is to, to split up a few things. You know, yeah. We're still recording the same amount, but we're actually breaking the episodes up a little, throwing a few extra bits into this podcast. I like how you did that. And now we're trying to come out every couple of weeks. I also like the fact that you didn't say by overwhelming public demand, because, you know, you're not a liar. No, <laughs> honest Dan, they call me. Right, enough of you and your quips. Sorry, sorry. Right, so uh, what, what is coming up on today's like, extra well, slice? Some time ago, I challenged you... Mm. In it's revenge for having to, in revenge for you having me watch all the bloody Pokemon films. Yeah, I mean that was a kind of split decision between me and your father. Yeah, you, thanks for ganging up on me. Yeah, and I decided the best, you know, revenge is a dish best served. Scorpion. Scorpion. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> Don't worry, the films. I think that was I've, a tagline from one of the films. <laughs> the revenge is a dish best served. Scorpion. Yeah. So yeah, basically, I challenged Christopher to watch all four. Four. Count them. Scorpion King films. Well, you gave me that challenge after informing me that there were four Scorpion King films because I had absolutely mm. no idea. So that's coming up. It was news here. to me. I, I read it somewhere and I thought, my God, I had no idea of the four of these. What better... Preston! What, yeah, what, what better challenge? What better thing to do? I imagine you get reading that information in like Empire magazine or Total Film or something like that, uh, or just on the internet... Um, on an evening where it's very dark, there's <laughs> lightning and rain, and as one flash of lightning goes across, a roll of thunder goes, and you go, four Scorpion Kings? Ha 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 And it just zooms out and it fades out of the time, yeah. And, and just, it cuts to me just shivering, yeah. <laughs> watching San Andreas or something like yeah. that. Hattie turns to you and says, what's, what's up, dear? Yeah. Oh, nothing, i just got a strange feeling. That... Oh, I've just got a, a Scorpion feeling. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah, yes. I have watched all four of them. And you've watched all four, and yeah. I'm so excited to hear your, your yeah. take on the four films. Uh, and similarly, um, <laughs> this is kind of like our, you know, our, our apology to the listener, I suppose, in almost some ways, our le- legacy sequel. Um, similarly, in, in similarly, uh, I don't know what you would say, tardy fashion? Probably. Uh, yeah. I set you... Lax. Well, I very lax, uh, very lax fashion, yeah. yeah. It's similarly, in One Room with a View show fashion, uh, <laughs> I gave you the task of... Following up the uh, following up Gone Girl as part of mm. Worst Things Happen at Sequel. Yeah, so Worst Things Happen at Sequel is a is a feature we introduced um, some. Uh, it was this year, wasn't it? Uh, I think time, time for us time is relative. It's relative. Yeah. Uh, we introduced this new se- uh, feature called Worst Things Happen at Sequel, and it's where we challenge each I other. Think that to... might be our favorite. My favorite <laughs> of our pun based. It's where we challenge each other to come up with a pitch a sequel 
for a film that doesn't have one. Yeah. Now, we, the inaugural feature... I think that's how The Scorpion King made its franchise, <laughs> if I'm being brutally honest. The inaugural film was The Long Good Friday, and I challenged Christopher to come up with a sequel to The Long Good Friday, which, if long-time listeners of the show will know, we've praised many times, mm. and will hopefully by now know that famously ends with most of the characters dead. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I kind of managed it, though, didn't I? You did, and it was a, it was a, you it was a it, cracking yeah. sequel, and I, I, I felt there was a lot of pressure on me now for, this, amount, for yeah. this Gone Girl one. Okay. Um, I hope, you know. Well, should we crack on, then? Yeah, let's bring on the Scorpion King. <laughs> Challenge. Chris. Challenge. Dan. Okay, back after what seems like a decade. Uh, so, uh, as I say, I'm not going to go back over the context because we, I don't have the time nor the patience, honestly. There's a vein um, going in your temple. It, it's not the only place a vein is going, my friend. Uh, <laughs> so Dan, uh, in, in old boy fashion, plotted his revenge, which was for me to watch the four Scorpion King films. Now, for context... Because uh, these films need context. Um, the Scorpion King, Matthias, Matthias, uh, after four films, they didn't even know how to pronounce his name, so I'm, I'll call him just the Scorpion King. Um, he's a character that featured in the sequel to The Mummy. Yes. Didn't he? Um, and he was kind of sparingly used. I think he's in the beginning and the end of the film. He's a catalyst for the event. The, he's the MacGuffin, isn't he? He's the MacGuffin, yeah. Uh, and he was. And The Rock is a kind of a, a, an intensely charismatic actor. I think he's the highest paid actor in the world now. Uh, and I know that he's mm. called, he's called um, Franchise Viagra. Um, I think that's something to do with his sexual impotence. But, uh, <laughs> it's a great thing to call the star of a recent Disney film, isn't it? Especially as, as big as he is. Um, but yeah, so because of, I think because of that charisma, um, they decided that they were going to create this kind of spin-off for him, which debuted with 2002's The Scorpion Kingdom. Yes. Uh, the story by Stephen Summers, who obviously oversaw the original Mummy um, trilogy uh, with uh, Brendan Fraser. So, Scorpion King, directed by Chuck Russell, uh, who you might know directed The Mask. That's the most famous okay. thing he did. Yeah. Doesn't really lend itself, The Mask, you know, to The Scorpion King, but it's a transition that he made. Um, and effectively, the story is uh, the Rock's character, this Arcadian, um, Arcadian warrior uh, who was once and maybe the future Scorpion King. Um, he's looking to reclaim his homeland from this like insidious threat that's overseen it. Uh, and this kind of other like villain character um, is wiping like wiping out all of his people, kills his brother, uh, and he's using a sorcerer. Um, to kind of like manipulate people and to use her for prophecies and things like mm. that. That's the story in a nutshell. Uh, the, the overwhelming feeling I had through this film is at least they tried. You know, they tried to do something. It feels a little bit like a kind of snatch and grab at creating, the, you know, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, who was just going by The Rock at this point. Uh, yes. It just felt like a little bit like him trying to, trying to create him as this generation's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Which I do actually believe that Dwayne Johnson has become. Uh, mm. But this film just doesn't work. The only reason that this film is a, could ever be seen as a good film is in light against its prequel and sequels. I think that's probably why they made those. Films. What, just to make The Rock <laughs> look better? Look, yeah. yeah, the executive producer, Dwayne Johnson and all of them. Um, it plays 
it plays out, aside from this kind of quiet, you know, silly prologue, it plays out as quite a stoic film. You know, it plays things quite straight and, it, you know, it, it's, it, you know, it, it, I'm burdened with righteous purpose and the rock is this and the Arcadian thing of never being able to tell a lie and they're this ruthless assassin and things like that. But it is just, you know, the rock wrestling people in, in the desert in the for desert, yeah. kind of an hour. And Bernard Hill's in it, isn't he? He is in it, yeah, and and there are a few kind of a smattering of famous actors, which is kind of a theme that carries on throughout. Okay. There are people far more famous than these films. You know, like you, you you're you're surprised at seeing, and you, you'll know. Well, they've I, all got a tax bill to pay. They've all got tax bills they? to pay, um, chiefly The Rock. You know, he, he wasn't earning Fast and Furious money at this point, lest we forget. No. But the, this film is so it's just joyless. It's it's the kind of movie that before sequels became, you know, sequels were kind of a dirty word. At some point, weren't they? Yes. You know, like they were just various spin-offs and sequels, and people going, "Why do we need it?" We didn't live in this kind of Marvel Cinematic Universe period where every film needs a sequel, and we love to see these characters grow. And um, a school, the Scorpion King, feels just like a very uh, cynical kind of spin-off. Like, oh, well, this kind of made money. People like the Rock. Let's just make the film. And I think that uh, you know, the, the Rocks contract probably had more words on it than the script and the ideas so um it is a is a one bob film its <laughs> chief problem and its chief sin is that it it should play out as a b movie it should be funny it should mm. be silly it should be over the top and i actually find that the rock is involved in several of these movies where you think that they're going to play out as just over the top b movies that are quite silly and you enjoy them because of it. And they're bad movies in, you know, in Rabbit Ears. Um, and I, I felt the same about San Andreas, actually, is that it just wasn't silly enough to be thoroughly enjoyable. And that and that's its chief sin. I mean, aside from the fact that it's an incredibly misogynistic piece, uh, all of the women are sex objects throughout. Uh, very, even though one of the women, who's the sorceress, is mm. one of the most powerful beings on Earth, she's basically just, you know... Um, a pair of breasts strapped in a very tight uh, costume. It's it's just diabolical. And the, when I finished it, I thought, I can't believe I've got three more of these. But you did, and how did they go? Right, so um, the second one is called Rise of a Warrior. This time, uh, Russell, um, Russell Mulcahy directed it. Uh, it plays out like a... Uh, the Scorpion King version of Hamlet, okay? So this is a prequel. Um, I just want to point out, listeners, you can't see this, but Christopher is here holding his head in his hand. Yeah, I'm, it's, I'm just flashbacks. He, I'm kind of holding my like, head together. Um, the man so possessed. Michael Copon, I believe his name, is now replacement for The Rock. Oh, yeah, the Michael Copon. <laughs> the Michael Copon, yeah. But people might remember him as the bloke from One Tree Hill. Imagine thinking, right, what we need is we need someone who who will, you know in 10 years' time, become The Rock, we'll get the lanky lad from One Tree Hill in. Uh, but he's game, you know, he tries his best. It is, as I say, it's the it's Hamlet with sand uh, and scorpions. Which is um, what Hamlet was lacking. But the worst thing about this film is that, whereas The Scorpion King is just a bad film and, you know, you forgive it because it tried, this career... Uh, sorry. This film plays out almost like a slasher movie in which the victims is everyone's career. You, <laughs> you can see 
everyone's career dying scene by scene, but in macabre, horrendous, uh, gory fashion. You know, I, I, it must have murdered everyone's career. I don't think I've seen any of them, you know, either before or since. The weirdest thing about this prequel, Dan, is that it came out six years after The Scorpion King. It wasn't like, you know what, we'll capitalise on The Rock's success or The Scorpion King's kind of, like, the fans. It came out six years later, and which find, I found very, very strange. Um, the script is incredibly cheesy. Uh, everyone looks like Stone Cold Steve Austin in it. Everyone's a bald wrestler throwing people around. There is a sequence in which... There are two characters who are just performing like suplexes and choke slams on each other. So I don't know if you know the WWE have any money in it, but they certainly have enough of their roster in it. Um, the strange thing is that everyone is white in this film, <laughs> despite the fact that it's set in you know like Egypt or in the Middle East. There are no Middle Eastern characters or actors yeah. in it at all, apart from a few kind of Arabic exotic women that, again, are just seen for men to have sex with. Um, the central character is Asian, and everyone else is white and British. You know, it's almost kind of like uh, Eton, an origin story. Like, very, very strange. It's kind of upper-class um, British people. Everything is very, very sub-Game of Thrones, which I found increased more and more as the film goes. It, it, these aren't films, they're kind of crappy, like, Spartacus Channel 5 tales, you know. Um, the thing that I really hated about it is that this the script is infused with American colloquialisms. So despite the fact that this is supposed to be set, you know, 4,000 years ago or whatever it is, mm. I think this one is set a couple of thousand years before A Scorpion King, or The Scorpion King. So it's, it's thousands of millennia, millennia um, old, but everyone speaks in, like, a, either a Brooklyn or... Kensington accent, <laughs> and they call each they call each other like you're such an ass. Hey man, don't be such a jerk and stuff like that. And it, I'm not saying that we have to speak in Aramaic, but why we speak in you know in in language last seen in James Gunn's Scooby Doo? I'm not entirely sure. So I've just found the poster for the Scorpion King too. Yeah. Although in this sub, <laughs> the sub ending here is simply all new movie, <laughs> <laughs> all new movie, and the and the, the top the the, the Top of the line, you know, the, the above the line credit yeah. is for Randy Couture. I don't even know who's that. Is that he's the wrestler then? Presumably. The wrestler. Who's... He's the villain then. He must yeah. be the bald villain. Yeah. No one else gets a name credit on on the front of the. I just think a, a few of them. It must have just been like. I think it might have been like a, I don't, like a prank or something like that. I just don't know why this or how this film got made, um, and I know that this, um, it's the Rock in. The Mummy Returns, isn't it? That everyone decries that CGI where he turns into a scorpion. Yeah. They best that in this, where the scorpion is so badly animated that you know, in like old school PlayStation games, you could see through the graphics in parts of it when they move too fast. Yeah. You can see it. He's basically a ghost in this one. Great. And they try and cover it up. It feels like a cover-up, at least. It's very much like a blemish that they try and use concealer over, which is, oh, no, the scorpion is half invisible or near invisible. No, it's because you've used the graphics for about 30 quid, mate. <laughs> it's a terrible film. So, we're now at the 75% mark with Battle for, Battle for Redemption. I think that's a very apt title after two terrible films. Well, he doesn't win. I'm telling you now, all right? It's not redeemed. Directed by Roel Rayner, okay? Um, and now Victor Webster. 
has taken over the mantle of the Scorpion King then. Okay. This one is um, an explicit sequel to 2002's The Scorpion King. Right. That first film is referenced a lot. Uh, What we found out is that at the end of The Rock's venture, him and this sorceress uh, marry, okay? Yeah. And then he becomes the Scorpion King and reigns over this kingdom, you know, forever and ever, amen. Yeah, Except yeah, yeah. in this film, he's lost the kingdom, everything's ruined, oh. she's dead, and he's oh. on the run. Oh, okay. Uh, and um, he's become an assassin for hire, has to fight someone for redemption, okay? Um, Victor mm. Webster doesn't look anything like The Rock. Uh, <laughs> the only thing that they've got... Uh, they're, they're, they're a different race, which I kind of noticed, that they just... Completely underplayed. There's there's no kind of retconning behind that. Um, The only thing that they've got is the same hairstyle. Mm. And it does look like... That's what I'm going to say. It looks like it's been freshly ripped off the rock's skull as well and just slapped on. Um, Exposition, heavy prologue. They don't even bother trying to kind of write it in. They're like, this is what you need to know. It is basically someone over a pub going, oh yeah, the Scorpion King, I remember him. This is what's... (laughs) This is what's happened since the last film. I mean, the legend is as follows. Um, they kind of press the reset button so that instead of him having to kind of go through this, you know, like the municipal courts as king, um, he is just an assassin as he was in the first films. So they just press the reset button. Um, Ron Perlman's in it. No. Ron Perlman is in it. Uh, Billy Zane is in it. Whoa. Dave Batista is in it, pre-Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh it, it's just a terrible, terrible film. Um, I, I can't really remember most of it. I, there's a this kind of really annoying um, comic relief character that's in it that they kind of hate each other at the beginning, then they go on this journey, and by the end they're ready to die for each other and all this kind of stuff. Mm. I was kind of hoping it would be like a murder-suicide pact, but alas, alas. No, one um, more film, obviously. This kind of... The, the, the motif of the, uh, the Scorpion King, you know, besting someone and then... Um, essentially having sex at the end. He's, he's almost like the Bond of, you know, of ancient Egypt. And then finally, Dan, <laughs> we get to The Lost Throne, which I had to watch at midnight last night. Oh, good. Cursing your name, honestly. There are... I did feel a shiver last night. I was gonna, well, that might be something to do with the voodoo doll, if, you know, that I've got of you now, roasting on the fire. Um, so... This film came out in 2015. No way. Like they're still churning wow. these things out. Like, so they Only must two make years money. Ago. I think this one was an. Um, it premiered on Netflix, I think, this one. So they got their filthy paws all over it. You know, violent action adventures. Why are the rest of them on there? That's what I want um, to know. I don't think. I didn't. I, I, I had to buy these films. So, you know, uh, I don't know if you want to chip in. You on won't this be reimbursed. Or, I don't think so, no. Um, <laughs> battle, battle for receipt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, so the lost receipts. <laughs> um, <laughs> Scorpion Five: Battle for Expenses. Um, anyway, so it's 2015. A whopping 13 years after the first film. So 13 years later, there apparently is still cry uh, for these films. This is the cheapest looking film. This must be. It must have had it, its budgets um, like slashed down. It looks like it was made for about seven quid. Uh, there's actually one sequence in it what what looks like it's been shot on an iPhone. Like for some reason, there is part where a woman tumbles down a hill, and they kind of it looks like maybe they've put a GoPro or something on her. Yeah. But they haven't tried to zhuzh it up a little. They've yeah. just gone like, oh, I'll just stick that <laughs> in. That's fine. Terrible. Um, the Scorpion King drags up in this one, Dan, uh, dressed as a woman. Bear in mind that Victor Webster, who reprises the role, he's, you know, the longest run. He's the Roger Moore of the Scorpion King franchise. Um, he's about, you know, six foot four, 
built like a you know mm. built like the rock well a kind of slightly lesser version of the rock zero perhaps uh, and yeah he and also has a full beard and yet still drags up quite nicely as Mrs Doubtfire um, <laughs> directed by the uh, directed by the producer of American Pie Bandcamp Dan so you know smacks of quality this was. Um, these are diseases of films and I am thoroughly infected and I can't help but feel the correlation between me being the most ill I've been since December 2014 and me watching the Scorpion King franchise oh, in its entirety, Dan. I'm not taking responsibility for your sniffles. Yeah, well, Victor Webster should. I'm telling you now, as the Roger Moore of the, of the franchise. I don't know if there'll be more Scorpion King films. Um, I'm certainly not going to be watching any more of them. I feel like That's I, what you think. <laughs> I, I'm still, like, pouring sand and snot and blood and things out of my pockets after watching them. Are there any big names in that final one? That, that that is the one that it has minimal. Um, I, yeah. I couldn't. I didn't write anyone down. Fix, I was just Victor, trying to get through. Victor it, Webster and the locals of where they were filming. I think it was. It was um, from the producers of Emmerdale comes uh, Scorpion King, uh, the, the the Lost Throne. It they are infused with a kind of you know it, they are these anthology stories of this ancient warrior, and you feel like perhaps they should work on paper, but they're so poorly made. Mm. They look appalling, and. For me, you know what I was saying to you before about how if you're going to make a bad film, you've got to have some fun with it. And these films are kind of slightly joyous. They're, they're very misogynistic. You know, characters are, female characters are always introduced via their breasts or, you know, um, buttocks. Um, fight scenes just look like people having a punch-up in a pub. And it's like they just flicked sand on it to kind of make it slightly more, you know, exotic. Yeah, it feels like one of those old cigar-chomping producers where they're like, I know, we'll take them to Egypt next. Um, and, and you know, that's it. It's kind of like... Re- re- Somewhere someone's going, oh my God, he's onto us. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. But it's uh, Victor Webster <laughs> and uh, the casting crew of Emmerdale, I think. But very, very strange films. Uh, and as I say, you kind of... Your love for cinema is questioned quite severely by these films, and I just would love to know who the hardcore fan base is there because there must be some. Then you know the amount that's been made over four films, mm. they they just keep going. I think it'll uh, I think it'll be with us forever. They, if there seems to be one, th- you know, two. What did Shakespeare say? It was uh, if the things that are in life that are constant are taxes, death, and presumably Scorpion Kings. So um, yes, that is the quote. Uh, I will think up something heinous for you because it feels like this was deeply personal. I've lost so many hours of my time. I've traversed thousands of years with Christ knows how many actors. Um, and uh, yeah, it's uh, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyable. Though what I, I will tell you now, I would rather have watched Twilight every day since the challenge. That's how bad these films are that I would wow. rather have done the triathlon. So um, if you can think of... <laughs> some kind of revenge to help me, uh, my pretties, <laughs> then uh, podcast at oneroomwithaview.com, any challenges for me, but preferably for Dan. I'll be deleting um, any of those if, if we <laughs> in remember, the joint inbox. But remember, revenge is the best served scorpion, Dan, so uh, <laughs> there'll be something out there. Worst things happen at sequel... Yes, I'm hoping this might remedy the, 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 the bad mood Scorpion King has put yeah, you in. Yeah, because I'm in a bad mood. Because now, of course, you, the power is all with you. Yeah, it's I'm green gonna... light or green shite, if I remember <laughs> the, uh, the rules of the game. <laughs> I have a feeling you're just going... A lot of green shite, I think, Dan. I've scooped up from, from the various <laughs> Matthias expeditions across ancient Egypt.
So, um, I think you're going to you're 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 pan this out of spite. Um, I <laughs> don't know. Okay, I, I, I'm, I'm Pontius, like... Pontius Preston at the moment, is all I'll say. Uh, and you'll, so, you'll remember how that one went. Yes, yes, thank you for that. So I tasked you with making a sequel for Gone Girl, didn't mm-hmm. I? And I think yeah. I did this at the beginning of the season. So yours isn't as late as mine. Mine, date, I think, dated all the way back to December 2015. Yeah. Uh, I certainly have aged so much more since watching these films. And um, worst things happen at sequel is just that we make a sequel for a film that hasn't, I think, you is a plot. Was it? I've got, so I've got like a title. Yep. Actors. Yep. And 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 a plot or some description. Have you got a director of some kind? Yeah, I've got a director too. Oh, brilliant! Excellent. Yeah. Okay, right. So Dan is going to pitch it to us in almost Dragons Den esque fashion. Yes, this is a uh, lot of he, he looks. I'm scared because you know, know, it could be. He looks like he's about to try and sell Scorpion Five to the Chinese market. Um, oh wait, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Imagine the, the, the tagline would come in handy there: Revenge best served. Gone Girl Two. <laughs> Yeah, Revenge is the Lost dish. Throne. Congal 2, Scorpion King 5. <laughs> yeah. What a crossover that we're still desperate for need. So without further ado, Okay, Dan, okay right, right. So people that you haven't seen, I mean, Gone Girl, as we know. Do you know. want to give a little recap of Gone Girl, just in case we Gone Girl haven't... is the story of Nick and Amy Dunn. Amy Dunn has gone missing, and uh, Nick is blamed for her disappearance. Mm. It turns out that she has faked her murder uh, to, to, to frame him and have him sent to prison for... for because they're both just as one character remarks fucked up. Yeah, uh, he's having an affair. And... He, yeah, she, he, he, yeah, he, he, she, he has an affair. She decides to get re- revenge in the most extreme McCart, fashion, yeah. um, in David Fincher style. You also know if you've seen the film that she actually. I mean, if you haven't seen the film, don't listen to the rest of this. Yeah, <laughs> this go see that film first. Um, she has to change her plans and seeks. Um, well, because shelter. he's as good, he's her perfect match. Yeah, yeah. So you know, so it's kind of this really twisted metaphor for marriage, isn't it? You mm. know, it's kind of over. <laughs> the top. lesson is, don't get married. Yeah. Uh, but she, at the end, of, towards the end of the film, she she, she changes her, her her plan, which was just sort of to sort of lay low until he's arrested and charged and sent to be. She's going to commit. She was going to commit suicide. And then commit suicide. Yeah, yeah. But she changes that and she ends up going to seek shelter with her uh, a childhood sweetheart, Desi Collings, played by by uh, Neil Patrick Harris, Doogie Howser, and Barney. Um, then she decides actually she wants to go back, get back with Nick. Yeah. He, he, he does a TV interview. She's like, I, you know, actually, I think he's the man for me. I need to get out of this. So she, she changes her plan again and starts building up to this point where she's going to be able to convince the police that she's been kept hostage by Desi yeah. uh, and raped and, and, and yeah, so on. Rest, yeah. and, uh, and he kidnapped her from the very off. So she murders Desi and gets back to Nick and, yeah. and turns up in dramatic fashion, uh, covered in blood on the doorstep and... And it kind of goes, and sort of ends there. She it seems very much like she gets away with she it. She kind of traps Nick. She, him she this... traps him with this pregnancy that she announces mm. because she had his sperm frozen, and, as you do, and, and artificially inseminated herself. Sure. Yeah, that wasn't. And, uh, I think that was a deleted scene. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and we're left very much. You know, <laughs> these two are just going to have to, you know, deal with each other for the rest of time. It, is, it, it, it finishes on that kind of like. Uh, it, like in media res essentially like they're in the middle of things and you're they're doomed mm. doomed like the Joker and Batman they are doomed to do this forever kind of thing until now until <laughs> now Dan Alton excellent this is my sequel idea okay it's called Wild God Slept Wild God Slept yeah it's written by G- Gillian Flynn comes back to okay. write it story by Dan Alton sure script by Gillian Flynn 
David Fincher, he's, he returns. He, okay, he, loves he, the, he, loves he finishes the, World War Z 2 to, yeah, come, back to come back to and show. do this. Um, Brilliant. Most of the old cast have returned. I love the title already, if I'm being honest. Most of the cast have returned. Rosamund Pike is back as Amy, Nick, Ben Affleck back as Nick. Carrie Coon, the wonderful Carrie Coon, the, uh, the, the, the MVP of the film, I think, sure. back as Margot Dunn, the, uh, the sister of, of Nick. They're twins, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Um, Kim Dickens returns. You're not going to have Ben Affleck do both roles. No. <laughs> Ronda Boney is back. Detective Ronda Boney is back. Tanner Bolt makes an appearance. Um, Tanner Bolt is brilliant as well. I don't think they quite get how great he is. Uh, but he's he's the lawyer, uh, lawyer yeah. isn't he? Yeah. And there's a few other new characters I'm going to be introducing, but I'll do that along the way. I have think. you cast them as well? I have cast them. Incredible! Yes. I'm so excited. A few of them. I've I've, actually, I've I've chosen a few television actors, and some people you might not know. Not huge names. That's okay. I'm have... looking forward to it. So while God slept. Yeah. So we pick up. Own. We pick things up three months after the events of Gone Girl. Okay. Um. Unconvinced by Amy's version of events puzzled by the apparent holes in the story and disturbed by the FBI's lack of interest. Local St. Louis crime reporter Annie Hassel has been looking into the case herself. So Annie Hassel is here, is played by Samira Wiley of uh, Orange is the New Black. Um, yeah, she's a local crime reporter. She's been following the, she was following the case when Amy disappeared. Now she's come back. She's scratching her head. Something doesn't add up. Sure. Um, she seeks out Rhonda Boney. Um, the detective of the case. And she's quite cynical when we leave yeah. her. She? she seeks out Boney just a few weeks after Amy was found and the now disgraced detective agrees to speak to her on the condition of anonymity. She shares her concerns about, you know, that she has about the evidence as well. You know, there's lots of things missing. The gaping hole in Amy's testimony is that she has no sign of an injury large enough to have left so much blood on the kitchen floor when she was apparently clubbed. There's no, it's not enough. Um, and several days worth of Lake House CCTV footage are missing. Including, uh, the, you know, the, there's no sign of Desi ever bringing Amy to the property. There's, you've really? got, you've got the, the incriminating one of Desi, you know, where she appears, as we see in Gongo, where she's there, screaming up against one. the glass and screaming, but police are having trouble finding anything else. Doesn't look like it was recorded, or, you know, they're, they're really? missing tapes. <clears throat> Most people Hassel speaks to agree that not everything adds up. But there's not enough evidence, there's not enough, you know, not enough together to, uh, to th even think about charging Amy Dunn for the murder of Desi Collins. It's all circumstantial, there's nothing, there's nothing, so, yeah. you know, and how, why would she have murdered him? What, what, what could possibly, no one wants to believe or can believe that she orchestrated this whole, she's amazing Amy. Yeah, this whole, this whole kidnap thing. Hassel's editors won't allow her to publish anything based on the speculation of a detective with a grudge, so she writes a blog post entitled Amazing Amy Doesn't Add Up. In it, Amy de Annie details her discussions with a number of people involved in the case and her, sp her suspicions that Desi did not kidnap Amy and her killing him was not self-defence. She lambasts the FBI and the press for not paying close attention of being enthralled by amazing Amy Dunn. Three months after her return, the media is still buzzing around the Dunns and Amy Annie's post goes viral. Lots of people across the country have had the same thoughts, while others accuse Annie of being fake news. This is a very Trump, uh, post-Trump, I see. Nick Dunn gets a phone call from his sister Margot while he's at work. Has he seen the Hassel blog? Meanwhile, Amy gets a visitor at her house, a woman called Joanna Fleming, a lawyer, okay. who says Amy will need her help. She comes to her. She's, you know, she's, seen, she's seen something happen she's going to come. Who's Fleming played by? Fleming is played by the actress Mbeth Davids, who you may remember played Miss Honey in Matilda. I remember her, yeah, okay. And so as, this as is, as what's her name, sorry? Joanna Fleming. Cold, no, what, what's oh, the actress's name? Mbeth Davids. So this is like the Davassenessance. 
yeah? We're <laughs> yes. her back, because she was in so she, Bicentennial Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's Amy's lawyer, a cold and calculating Harvard graduate. Brilliant. With a track record of successfully getting murderers off. So playing against type as well, then. <clears throat> I love it. Three days later, Rhonda Boney gets a phone call. The man called Brian claims he was the courier that delivered the robotic dog, a small detail in Annie's blog post, and that it was Amy Dunn, not her husband, who signed for it. So this is the robotic dog that we see in the shed. In the in shed. The first film. And, everyone, and Amy says that, you know, it was all bought with Nick's credit card, sure, but of sure, course, sure. someone had to pick, you know, sign for it. Sign for them. Brilliant. Boney has the thing she needs, the smoking gun, yeah. to finally have a case, you know, might start building a case again against Amy. Twelve hours later, she's taken in for questioning. Tanner Bolt arrives in Missouri, here to help Nick. Here's where my notes get a bit straight with that. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to go into all the... Basically, what I'm trying to pitch here is we're turning this into a court case. This is the trial, this is the murder trial of Desi, you know, the trial of Amy Dunn. Yeah. She's going to be held accountable for her, for her actions, her actions and it begins to unravel. Okay. Um, and I've got somewhere down the line that uh, the, um, the tapes are eventually found. So... Do we do we have a conclusion? Like, what, what will Amy be found guilty? Will Ben, uh, what's his name, Nick be freed, or how do we end? I like to think that Amy is found is found guilty. Okay. But Nick also ends up being harangued into it. Harangued into it because he covered up for it. I like it. I would watch that film, and I love the title "While God Sleeps." Yeah. Um, so I, I also, in addition, I mean, I didn't get into sort of go into all the details, but I cast F. Murray Abraham okay. as Garrett Fillmore. Brilliant. Lawyer representing Nick on this. Okay. Because um, I've decided actually they would be they split apart and so would it get almost separate defence lawyers. So when we when we see the court cases, it almost kind of Nick v Amy again. Then almost like the second round. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Because Amy tries to you know, Joanna Joanna's line of you know Joanna's sort of line of fences. You've got to you've got to get this pin this on Nick in some way. And I assume he says the exact same. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. I would green like that. Despite the Scorpion, King, <laughs> uh, it's too good. So um, I think that's brilliant. I think that's a really, really good idea, actually. Uh, and I, I, I mean, in the same way that the, the Long Good Friday was almost difficult for a sequel, you feel like, although Gone Girl, there's been rumours of a Gone Girl sweet sequel mm. in the media anyway. Flynn, if you're listening, you can... Well, <laughs> we're, we're available for negotiations <laughs> if you're listening, Flynn. Uh, but I think that's really good. I think that's a perfectly logical step. Uh, I like the fact that it, you retain the central theme of these two very evenly matched people kind of going against each other. Um, I'm a big fan, Dan. Uh, where, where, can I ask what the inspiration for the title came? I think it's a, a lyric from a Tom Waits song where yeah. he sings, Did the devil make the world while God was sleeping? Brilliant. And I just thought it summed up Amy quite well. I think that's excellent. I would thoroughly enjoy that. Uh, send us an email about what you think. Podcast at one room with a view dot com. Um, that was... What was it? Uh, worst things happen at sequel. Yeah, really good. No green shite here. Yay! <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I, I think that will be Gone Girl 3. I think that, that we'll see like a real life version of you go in there and do that. You played by, um, I don't know, Stephen Merchant perhaps. Oh, for uh, God's sake. <laughs> anyway, uh, if you'd like to contact us, usual mo- uh, methods apply. Email is podcast at oneroomwithaview.com. You can follow us on Twitter at one room with a view. That's numerical one. You can follow us on Instagram now. Is one room with a view? Just normal spelling. Um, I'm on Twitter at the Press Night. You are at Mr. Orton, and we are the official podcast of www.oneroomwithaview.com. You can give us a like on Facebook uh, via the same name as well. But until next month, when normal service will resume. Mm-hmm. Cheerio.